Welcome to Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Today's story is entitled, Terry. Do you ever have things from your past that when your brain like recalls them, absolutely make you cringe or wonder why you did them? Or maybe you have things that that wake you up at night or that you dream about that you did in your past that you wish you hadn't done or uh, make your whole body pucker up. Now, I don't know how many you have, but I have dozens of those stories or things or events where I look back on them and I wonder what was going through my mind when I did them. But one story that comes to mind over and over again sometimes will wake me when I'm sleeping involved a friend of mine named Terry. Uh, I met Terry going to church camps. I started going to church camp when I was in fourth grade. You know, at these camps, you'd stay in a cabin with a bunch of other guys that you didn't know, and you'd spend time going swimming and, and fishing and canoeing and doing archery and all these neat things. And I had become really good friends with uh, another boy by the name of Roger. And Roger was from Kansas City, and we became really close friends going to these events. We would see each other at these events, and maybe one or two other times during the course of the year. But whenever we saw each other, we would always hang out and talk and laugh, and we got along really, really well. Now, Roger had a good friend named Terry, and I only knew Terry through Roger. And Terry was one of those guys that, through no fault of his own, uh, he annoyed me. He just... Something about his mouth, you know, the way he held his mouth and um, the way his stomach protruded and the way he talked and the way he moved just annoyed me. And I, I can't put a description on it, but, you know, I was in middle school when I met him. So you form opinions early and kind of hold on to those opinions. But Terry and Roger and I tended to hang out quite a little bit when we were at these church camps. Our senior year, our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, had an international meeting. They called it a Congress, Nazarene Youth Congress. And we were going to meet in Maryland and uh, have this big thousands of kids from all over uh, the world. We're going to come to Maryland University, University of Maryland, uh, congregate there. We're going to have some days where we would learn some things and do some fun things, get out in the community and do community outreach. And Roger and I both happened to make the cut, as it were, to attend this event. So we had both talked about, hey, let's room together at this, at this Nazarene Youth Congress. Let's do that. So we both plan on that. We show up to the airport together to leave from Kansas City to get to Maryland. And Roger informs me, he's like, hey, I don't know if you've heard, but they had to switch the rooming assignments around. Uh, I'm now rooming with Terry. And when we get to Maryland, uh, you're going to be assigned to a room with somebody from uh, another state, another, another kid which that didn't bother me. I liked meeting new people, but I didn't understand why Roger had to room with, with Terry. And he's like, well, he goes, I'll let, I'll let Terry show you. And so shortly after that, Terry comes walking around the corner and Terry has both of his arms in casts up to his shoulders. And he looks like, like he's given the, I don't know, look, you know, both arms out to the side and hands up. Only his wrists are like contorted in some really, really odd shapes. And I look at him and I start laughing. You know, it was it was funny. And Terry didn't find it funny at all. I'm like, what happened? What did you what did you do? How did you break both of your arms? And he's like, well, 
I was on a, a mission trip down to, to Mexico, and I was up working on the roof, helping them to put a new roof on the school, and I fell through the roof. That's just not funny, but I fell through the roof and tried to catch myself with both hands, and when I hit the cement floor below, I got compound fractures in both wrists and in both forearms. So they had to immobilize his arms. Uh, his hands were completely in casts up to about the third joint on his fingers. And they had him bent in such a way so that his wrists could be, um, like his wrists were turned in on both hands pretty dramatically. And then his elbow was at a co- cocked angle, you know, like he was doing this really awkward, you know, touchdown uh, symbol. And uh, I thought it was funny. Terry didn't think it was funny at all, but but I thought it was funny. And so Roger's like, look, they, uh, they've they asked me to room with, with Terry. I'm good friends with him. Uh, he's going to have to have somebody to help him carry around his books and you know, anything he's got with him. He's going to have to have somebody, you know, help get dressed in the morning and help him eat because he couldn't, he couldn't bend his hands up to his face. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And so the roommate I got was horrible. He was just a, a terrible, terrible roommate. He didn't ruin my time there, but uh, he just wasn't a good dude and was sneaking out all the time. But that's really neither here or, the, here or there. I was in my room getting ready to go to lunch. So uh, when we got there, we're in Maryland and it's it's July and it's ridiculously hot and super humid. And the girls got to stay in air conditioned dorms. The boys did not. We were in unair conditioned dorms. And so I had a fan in my room. I'm trying to cool off before I went to lunch. And there's a knock at, at the door, this little low, low thud knock at the door. And I open the door and there's there's Terry standing there. And you know, arms in the air. And so I put my put my hand up, give him a high five. I'm like, how you doing? And he's like, hey, um, Roger uh, left to go to another meeting and I need to go to the restroom. Could you help me go to the restroom? Now, my little 17-year-old brain, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can do this. You can go in. You can pull his pants down, help him go, you know, to the bathroom. And so I joke with him. I go, I don't have to hold anything, do I? And Terry didn't think that was funny at all either. But so we're walking to the to the bathroom, and we get to the bathroom, and there are urinals to the right, and the stalls are to the left. And Terry doesn't go to a urinal. Terry turns left into one of the stalls. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it would be embarrassing if somebody walked in and I'm pulling his pants down. You know, maybe he just wants some privacy to go in, you know, to the stall. And so I, you know, go in with the stall after him and pull, pull down his shorts and pull down his underwear. And then Terry turns to sit down on the toilet to go to the bathroom. So I, I leave, close the door as best I can. I'm waiting in the bathroom. And Terry was not going number one. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. It's very obvious. Terry was not going number one. And... I panicked because I knew what I was going to be expected to do when Terry was finished going number two. And I couldn't process that. I couldn't get my mind to the point where I could physically do what I knew I was going to have to do. And so I did what I thought any logical person would do. Uh, I left. I left the bathroom. I walked out of the bathroom and I went to lunch and uh, I never gave Terry or his predicament another thought. Now, hopefully this does not lower me too much more than, you you know, you've already been lowered in your estimation of me as a person. And please also remember this was 33 years ago. Uh, but I did. I just left and I went to lunch 
And uh, I had made a lot of friends at this, so I'm sitting at a table with 20, 30 other people, and we're laughing and carrying on, and I see Roger enter the, <laughs> enter the lunchroom. And um, Roger is glaring at me. Now, I'd been at lunch for a long time. Lunch was over. I'm sitting with friends. We were joking and clowning around. It had been a long, a long time. And Roger sees me, and he's glaring, and I kind of put my hand up to wave, and I can tell he is really upset. And he comes storming over to me. Now, Roger was not very big. Roger was maybe 5'2", five 5'3", five and it's uh, uh, slightly built, and but he was furious. <laughs> he, he comes up to me, and he's like, did you really leave Terry in the bathroom by himself? And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. I said, I went in with him. He said, I need help to go to the bathroom, and so I left. And so Roger, he's, he's screaming at this point. And he's like, he sat on that toilet for two hours yelling for help. He said, and you know who helped him? I'm like, I have no idea. He goes, he had some foreign kid from France who was coming by who had to come in and wipe his butt. And I started laughing. I thought that was the funniest thing. I mean, I, I to this day, I still think that is hysterical. And I wish I could do a French accent. So I can imagine like, oh, ha, ha. you know, I just can imagine that whole scenario playing out with Terry, his arms sticking up in the air, bent over the toilet. Oh, I can still picture all of that. Now, I should not have done that. That was a bad thing to do. That was a wrong thing to do, and I shouldn't have done it. And so Roger's like, you know, what kind of person does that? And I'm like, well, hang on, wait, up, hold up here. I said, in fairness, I said, you're probably correct. Probably should not have left him there. And a lot of the people at the table, especially the girls, were already upset with me. I go, I go, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I said, I go, you know, I know Terry a little bit. I said, but I'm not really good friends with them. I go, don't you think that if somebody came to ask for help, they should tell you exactly what they're needing the help for? Don't you think Terry should have said, hey, I got to go take a poo, uh, and I'm going to have to have somebody wipe my, uh, you know, neither region. Uh, are you capable of doing that? And I would have said, no, let's go find an adult, right? That's what should have happened. So Roger storms off in a huff. And, uh, you know, I went on with, that with my day, whatever happened there with the rest of NYC. This is in July. We get home from NYC, and a few weeks later, we get letters from uh, the university, Mid-America, where we were both going to attend, and they had our housing assignments. Uh, at that time, you couldn't select uh, a roommate for college. You would fill out the application. You would put down three or four people that you knew or might want to roommate with, and then if they could accommodate that, they would. So Roger was on my list. I only knew about two other people that were going to, to Mid-America. Roger was on my list, and lo and behold, Roger's my roommate. So I, I am pretty excited. I'm like, my freshman year, I'm going to start college, and I'm going to start with somebody that I know in my dorm room, and we get along really well. So after I get this letter, start making my plans for freshman year college, we get another letter about a week or 10 days later, and this letter explains, uh, hey, we have had a massive jump in enrollment for this year and we don't have enough student housing. So what we've decided to do is we're going to take all of the two person dorm rooms and we're going to put bunk beds in them. And we're going to make these two person dorm rooms, three person dorm rooms. And we don't know who you're going to room with. And we'll, when you get here uh, and you get settled in your room, that's where you're going to find out who your third person is. So I'm like, great. And I'm not so excited now that dorm rooms, and if you've been to college and in dorm rooms, the dorm rooms were small to begin with. There were only two desks in the room. There were only two closets in the room. Um, there wasn't a way for us to really move around or have much to put all of our things in the room. But 
that was the lot, you know, that 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 I had to endure by going to Mid America. So excited, pack up, show up to Mid America, and walk into my dorm room, and there's Roger sitting on the bed, and you know, like, hey, Roger, and and Roger, he, I didn't grow up with any money, and Roger grew up with, I'll just say, at least some money. Uh, and Roger and I were like the odd couple. Roger was uh, slight of build, short, um, wore glasses, always had his hair combed perfectly, wore very uh, yuppie style clothes, had his jeans rolled up, uh, wouldn't go out unless he had specific things, would moisturize his face, had all these creams and stuff. And I was, uh, let's throw on my Kmart or a thrift shop clothes and, uh, you know, and get out of the the dorm room sort of guy. I didn't care. Nothing really affected me. But we we still got along really well. For the most part, we got along really well. And I, to this day, if it wouldn't have been for Roger, I probably would have flunked out of freshman my freshman year of college. There were a new number of times we were in a lot of the same classes together, and there were a number of times where he would be like, "Hey, we have a test at eight in the morning. Um, we need to study and then go to bed." And I would want to go hang out and you know, party with some of my friends. And he'd be like, you know, you're going to do what you want to do, but we, you know, we both know we've got a test in the morning and we should both study for it and then go take our test in the morning. Or there'd be days where I wouldn't want to go to class and he'd be like, look, uh, I'm going to be getting up, you know, to get ready anyway. You're not going to be able to sleep. You might as well just get up and go to class. So I do thank Roger very much uh, for that during my freshman year of college. But I didn't know who our third roommate was. And so I I look at Roger, I'm like, hey, I said, do you know who our third roommate is? And he goes, I do. And I, just as I was getting ready to ask him who, uh, Terry comes walking through the door to our dorms, and Terry is still in his cast with his arms up in the air like he's asking, you know, why or how. And I just, I don't know how to respond. I just looked at him, and I was just like, hey, Terry. And then I said, hope... I hope you don't need somebody to wipe your butt. That's how I introduced myself to my new roommate at college. And uh, for the most part, we got along pretty well. I just tried to avoid Terry. He kind of tried to avoid me. Roger was great help for Terry. Helped him get to classes, took his notes, all of those sorts of things. And I think Terry got the best best revenge that he could have ever had. Um, So Terry ended up about a third of the way or maybe two thirds of the way through the semester, he ends up getting, I believe it was his right cast off or at least uh, got it cut down enough that he could start moving his, his elbow. And we had ordered Domino's pizza and we'd gotten Domino's pizza with extra cheese and extra sauce. Okay. Pepperoni pizzas and we're college guys. So we each got our own, our own pizza and we're sitting in the dorm room and, uh, we get done eating our pizza, and Terry looks at us. Remember, his left hand's in a cast, like up in the air. Um, and uh, Terry looks at us, and he goes, oh, man, I, I don't feel so good. And I'm like, we're like, okay. We're like, are you going to throw up? He's like, no. He goes, I just, maybe I just ate it too fast. He goes, I don't, I don't feel very good. Now, Terry had eaten an, an entire large pepperoni pizza with extra cheese and sauce and a two-liter of Mountain Dew. So we're sitting in the room, we're studying and doing what we're supposed to be doing, and Terry keeps moaning about, man, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And I'm like, dude, you know, in the college dorms, our bathroom was, you know, two-thirds of the way down the hallway. We weren't close to a bathroom. 
So I'm like, do you need to go to the bathroom now in case something happens? And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, uh, I'm like, so I get him a trash can. I get a trash can and I do what my mom did, right? I get the trash can and I put some crumpled up newspaper in the bottom so that, you know, if he, uh, uh, expectorates from his stomach into the trash can, it won't splatter everywhere. And so I put this trash can next to him. Now, Terry had uh, his own little twin size bed and Roger and I slept in the bunk beds. Roger's bunk bunk was on the top. My bunk was on the bottom and Terry is sitting on the bed with his books laid out studying. So he's sitting on my bed studying and Roger and I are at the desk studying and we hear Terry uh, producing the sounds that you produce when the contents of your stomach are no longer going to be in your stomach. And we both turn around and at the same time yell at him, Terry, grab the trash can. Grab the trash can. And what Terry does is Terry moves his books off of my bed, proceeds to throw up all over my comforter on my bed onto the carpet on the floor. Some of it made it into the trash can, but most of it was on my bed and on the floor. And I was not happy. I got up, I left the room, I came back in, and I'm yelling at my going, there is no reason for an adult to not be able to make it to the bathroom or to throw up in a trash can. And I threw him some towels, and I said, you're going to clean this up. Now, remember, Terry only had like one partial arm. I'm like, you're going to clean this up. And Terry did. So Terry gets down on the on the floor to start on the carpet, and he starts cleaning it up. And if you've got a weak stomach, you might want to pause it here and skip ahead about 30 seconds. But Terry starts cleaning it up, and the cheese is still warm from being consumed and in his stomach. And as he starts to clean the pizza up, the cheese, like like you'd see in a commercial, the cheese is like stringing up off the floor as he's trying to get it into the dang trash can. And our room, our room smelled like barf pizza and Mountain Dew for a month after that. Couldn't get the smell out of there. Couldn't do anything with it. After first semester, uh, Terry ended up, uh, Terry and Roger both ended up getting their own room. And uh, I got, uh, I got a new roommate. Uh, And uh, I kind of lost contact with Terry. I I have not seen Terry or talked to Terry since the pizza incident, really. Uh, Roger and I, we were both in music classes together. And and, uh, so I had uh, him for another year or so. And then I left Mid-America. I left Mid-America to pursue some other things before I finished uh, college elsewhere. But I will never forget <laughs> abandoning poor Terry in a bathroom at the University of Maryland in the scorching heat of July and a poor French international student having to stop and wipe his tuchus for him and then Terry getting revenge on me by reintroducing the pepperoni pizza with extra cheese and sauce and Mountain Dew onto my comforter and the floor of our dorm room. This has been Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Thank you again for joining me today. 
Today's uh, podcast was brought to you by uh, Domino's Pizza with uh, extra cheese and sauce and Mountain Dew. And also by Caitlin's Creations, Bond and Son Lawn Mowing, Promise Painting, and Bond Bonds.